Hey everybody, it's Andrew Emerson with Calvary Tabernacle. So glad you could join us today for our first official episode from Calvary Tabernacle. I am Andrew Emerson, your host. I'm excited to bring you this podcast episode, a sermon that our pastor preached a few weeks ago entitled, I Am Third. This message challenged the lives of everyone in this church, and I know it's going to challenge you today as well. Hey, if you're in this episode right now and you're wondering, what is this podcast about? Don't worry, go back to episode 00. We have our launch episode still up, and you can listen to that and know all about our churches and all about our pastor. I want to bring to you this sermon today entitled, I'm Third. The premise of this message is that we re-examine our priorities in living for God. To put God first, others second, and ourselves third. I hope this message challenges you today just like it challenged me I know you'll be blessed today, and don't forget, hit subscribe, like our Facebook page, and if you'd like more information about our churches, go to ctministries.org. All right, without further ado, I want to bring to you Pastor Carl Vickery preaching a message entitled, I Am Third. God bless. and the Spirit of God moves upon us, we have to be sensitive enough to say, I'll go. We have to be sensitive enough to say, hey, I'll step up. Uh, hey, I'll do what God's asking of me. Uh, we got to get past fighting. If God says, Sister Lakin, thank you for coming down and shouting, we need more of that. Uh, understand, if God says shout, then shout. Uh, if God says run, then run. Uh, if God says do, then do. I want to look at something this afternoon, and I don't know how far I'll get, but I feel the Holy Ghost already. I want to look at Matthew 27 and verse 42. simply says this. It says, He saved others. Himself He cannot save. If He be the King of Israel, let Him now come down from the cross, and we will believe Him. When you really try to digest just that one verse, what an accusation. First, they said because he saved others, but he can't save himself. But then second, they say if he'll come down after everything he's already done, the enemy always wants to make a mockery of God. See, the enemy wants control, and, and, and God won't give it to him. And so he gets in the mindset of the people, and he says, if he really is God, He's already opened blind eyes and stopped deaf ears, walked on water, calmed the storms, forgave, healed, delivered, set free. And he says, but if he's really God, let him come down. What is amazing to me is God simply with silence says no. Matter of fact, to almost let the devil know, he stretches his arms out on the cross and says, it is finished. In other words, you're not going to run this show. I come to do what I came to do and not what you want me to do. God, I love you today. Help us to get a revelation in this house. I'm asking you to minister today. God, I'm going to ask you to cause us to become Christians and saints of the Most High God. Give us understanding. 
Give us grace, give us mercy, and let us do all that you've called us to do as a church in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody shout in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. The crowd waited with bated breath. Their famed blue angels from Pensacola, Florida were supposed to be there that day. The sky was seemingly perfect. The crowd below was looking up, waiting for the flyby. Yet, above the crowd this day, a leading, if you will, edge grew ragged. A serendipitous set of events unfolded that led to heroism and tragedy. One plane piloted by Captain Johnny Ferrier developed engine trouble. At first, the crowd thought it was part of the performance, but soon they realized it wasn't. Puffs of smoke billowed from the Ferrier's jet, but something restrained him. His captain began to yell, Bail out, Johnny. Bail out. But something kept him. The uncertainty as to where his unmanned aircraft would land caused him to not hit the eject button. It could crash into the thousands of innocent bystanders below or into the nearby housing. The potential loss of life kept him from bailing out. Bail out, Johnny, the commander shouted. The stress of the G-forces was so great that all Johnny could do was to acknowledge that he heard his superior by punching the control stick, which sent short puffs of smoke. This was language to the pilots that they understood. Johnny was conscious and still in control. The plane sheathed in flames quickly lost altitude. All eyes watched as the plane made a sudden turn toward the only vacant piece of property in the area. There in the small meadow, Johnny's plane crashed like some purposeful meteorite. It took tremendous courage for Johnny to not hit the eject button. It took a fortitude that few could understand. Captain Johnny Ferrier left behind a wife and children. Yet when Johnny's widow came to collect his belongings, she found a small piece of paper tucked in the corner of his wallet that explained his actions that day. On this paper was printed Johnny's priorities in life. The reason which caused him to give his own life that others might live. In a few moments, I'll share with you those words. Because I believe on that piece of paper, those words give us the secret to a true, successful life. I've seen a lot of people search for success, but very few find it. Years ago, Barbara Johnson wrote a book entitled, Where Does a Mother Go to Resign? The title provokes thoughts almost ludicrous since when does a mother resign? So I wonder, where does the creator go to resign? I mean, when he knows that the world he has created 
has gone wrong. When sin abounds, when the highway of holiness merges into the broad way of badness, when the paradise, if you will, of the righteous, if you will, becomes the jungle of the judgmental, where does the Creator go to resign? The cross is where the Lamb of God gives up so that man can get up. Calvary is where Jesus makes dying a dying grasp, if you will, for humanity. The cross is the greatest success story ever told, and hell still doesn't understand it. Earth was redeemed by one who lost to win it all. Golgotha is the skull-shaped hill located on the heavenly traveled Jericho Road. Romans hung their prisoners there so that passers-by would see and be forewarned. Hung between two thieves, the Savior seemed anything but a success. The religious aristocracy, if you will, mocked him. The travelers wagged their heads and hissed at him. Some, the Bible says, spit on him and even plucked out his beard. Others cursed him, and some common sentiment, if you will, to the crowd was, he lost. He saved others. They declared he cannot save himself. If you're really the king, come down. Press the button. Eject, if you will. Escape, Jesus. Call your 12 legions of angels to shred this dark sky and get you off of the cross and show us that you are God. Come down and we will follow you. But to thousand years prior. We witness, if you will, in the captain of our salvation, what was found in the wallet of Captain Johnny Ferrier. Here it was not written on paper, but written in human flesh against the backdrop of heaven. Jesus showed all the secrets of a successful life. There are many things right now that our world thinks is success. I found it comical, almost to the point that I'm going to twitch or clinch or change the next time I buy Nike tennis shoes. What our world considers as success. Is the secret to success never giving up? That was the advice from Winston Churchill in his most famous speech ever at a college commitments graduation. His speech solely consisted of repeating these words three times. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Never, never, never give up. There is some truth here. Success isn't cornered by the brilliant or the noble. It goes to those who simply refuse to give up like the fabled tortoise who persevered past the hare. Success goes to those who never give up. It goes to those in the arena of endeavor who try and fail, but get up and try again. There's a word for this. The Bible says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. Jesus said, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He said, But thou be faithful unto death, through the apostle Paul, with patience and perseverance. The lowly snail made its way into the ark. With patience, we too can succeed. Just 
yesterday. Uh, the oldest woman who ever climbed Mount Everest uh, reached the summit. Uh, on the same day, uh, the first married couple reached the rooftop of the world. Uh, on the same day, uh, the only woman to climb both faces of Everest uh, reached its peak. Uh, crowded, you say? Uh, I say no. Uh, it's quite lonely at the top. Uh, the heights are reached by those uh, who put one foot above the other. Uh, a lot of life is showing up uh, and not giving up. Uh, just being where you're supposed to be uh, and learning to be patient uh, and wait for your dreams uh, to be fulfilled. Uh, yet if perseverance was the secret of a successful life, uh, then why are so many determined people still miserable? Joy eludes them like some proverbial bird of paradise. They have ratcheted their way to the top of the corporate structure. Their resume maze read like a road map to riches. Yet their achievements lead to bereavements. They die lonely and miserable. No, there is more to life than just sheer stick it to itness. Is the secret to never settle for second best? Some say that. I read a story one time of a professor who stood before his class of senior organic biology students. He was about to hand them their final exam. Just before he did, he stopped and said, I want to say that it has been a pleasure teaching you this semester. One could almost hear the class sigh. Yeah, right. The instructor continued, I know you have worked very hard and many of you are off to medical school this summer if your grade point average survives this exam. The class grew very quiet and attentive. They sensed that something unusual was about to happen. They strained to hear the professor's next words, he said, so that no one gets their GPA messed up too bad. Anyone who would like to opt out of this final exam will receive a B for the course. The instructor looked over as many filed out and left the room. He looked over just a few students and asked, anyone else, this is your last chance. These words pushed a teetering student over the edge. And he too joined the B-Pack outside. The instructor then closed the door behind the last student leaving and calmly took attendance at the remaining students. He then looked up and said with a twinkle in his eye, I'm glad to see you believe in yourself. Those who left got a B. You who stayed get an A. Never settle for second best. Good is always the enemy of best. The primary is easily seduced by the secondary. Good lessons. Uh, understand too many people opt for the path of least resistance. I wonder what your life would be like if you actually gave it your best. I wonder what our ensemble could be if we gave it our best. I wonder what our Sunday school teachers could be if we gave it our best. I wonder what our drummer could be if he gave it his best. I wonder what our sound team could be if they gave it their best. They go with the flow and they drift through life. They go along to get along, most of us. We have the backbone of a jellyfish and the courage of an earthworm, someone once said. I remembered a 
understand going through school and people being scared uh, to approach uh, and finish an exam or worried about this. Uh, I remember one particular guy said, I don't need this dumb course. Uh, I've got enough, uh, if you will, credits to graduate. Who needs math anyway? Uh, I remember looking up and saying, only everybody uh, that buys groceries, uh, that gets fuel, uh, only everybody that needs to uh, pick out tennis shoes uh, or buy something at the supermarket, uh, understand, uh, I want you to never settle for second best. I want this church to know, never settle for the easiest way out. There's always an easier way. The world will always ask you, come down to our level. We know the cross is hard, but come down. We know that life can get rough, just come down. The world will always cry, come down. But I want this church to stand up and put one foot not just in front of the other, but one foot above the other and say, I'm climbing out. I'm coming a little bit higher. I'm going to be better next year than I am this year. No, let me go a little further. I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. I'm going to be better next week than I am today. I want you to understand, but you're not going to get there settling for second best. At some point, you've got to wake up and say, I want the best. I don't know what gets a hold of people. We act like wanting the best. Uh, and I'm not being ugly or arrogant or cocky or rude, uh, but if I've got $500, uh, then I want the best that that $500 can buy. Maybe I can't buy 10000 but I want the best uh, that that 500 can buy. Uh, if I'm going to pastor a church, uh, maybe I don't pastor in a city of $4 million, but I want the best church uh, that we can have in a city of $2,000. Uh, I don't want second best. Uh, I'm not going to come down. If you're waiting on me to change my doctrine, uh, if you're waiting on me to change my stance. If you're waiting on me to make it easier, it's never going to happen. Hell's not going to get this church to come down. But God is going to get us to come up. Look at your neighbor and say, come up. Anybody can go down. Come up. Come on. If you're going to be a part of this church, come up. If you're going to do what God's called you to do, come up. If you're going to accomplish the will of God, somebody shout, come up. But let me say this. There are those who give themselves wholly to a cause only to find their cause was flawed. They learn the ladders against, or they lean their ladders against the towers of Babel, never to be completed and filled with confusion. They climb the wrong beanstalk, so to speak. They never find the goose that lays the golden egg. Success is more than persistence. Success is more than reaching for the best. The secret of a successful life is found at Calvary. At Calvary, Jesus hung between two thieves. They were there because they were guilty. He wasn't. They were there because they had no choice. He did. He chose to be there as the only hope for the guilty. With one hand, he reached for one thief. With the other hand, he reached for the other thief. The religious police almost got it right. In fact, they were only one word away from the truth. They said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If I were to change one word in their accusation, the statement becomes true. He saved others. Himself he would not save. As the old song says, he could have called 10,000 angels by his side. He could have incinerated this world with just the flick of a wrist. 
He could have washed his ripped hands of everything he's tried and said, forget them all. But he didn't. Better said, he wouldn't. Instead, he died where we should have died. In a legend bearing his name, the story of the Apostle Thomas is told after he fully believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The apostles, according to the story, get this, please, drew lots that assigned them to various portions of the world. Thomas drew India, Bangladesh, but refused to accept the assignment. Other apostles captured Thomas and sold him as a slave to a man who had come to Jerusalem in search of carpenters. These carpenters, this is a true story, these carpenters were to build a new castle for the king of India. Thomas the apostle assured him that this man would be just the man to oversee the construction of the castle. Once in India, Thomas gave away the building funds to the poor and always assured the king that the palace was progressing along to completion. Impatient after a long while, the king asked Thomas if his palace was finished. Thomas replied, yes. So the king requested to see it. Thomas replied, you cannot see it now. But when you depart from this life, you shall see it. I have built you a palace in heaven by giving your money away to others. Somehow Thomas survives the king's wrath and later sees the king become a Christian. Success is not measured in this life. It's measured in the life to come. A poem goes, Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer should be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I might live like thee, others. We grow so close, if you will, to the secret of a successful life. God loved, and he follows it with God gave. Two thieves hung on the cross for the crime of taking. One God hung on the cross for the cause of giving. God loved, so God gave. The law of the Gentiles is this, man loves, so man takes. In Deadwood, South Dakota, fans of the American Wild West find an interesting museum filled with artifacts from the great gold rush of the Black Hills. An inscription left by a beleaguered doomed prospector can be found there. It says, I lost my gun. I lost my horse. I'm out of food. The Indians are after me, but I've got all the gold I can carry. That's the way of all flesh. The ones with the most toys wins. But Christ showed us a better way, and I'm not trying to get too critical here. I'm just trying to be honest with you. And even in Pentecost, we have forgotten the way of Christ. Life is not for pleasing yourself. Life is for serving others. We're close. Don't worry, I'm almost done. A boy went away from home to college. His parents didn't want him to sacrifice his walk with God. 
for popularity, so they gave him a gift. This gift was hung above the desk in his college dormitory. It was a framed piece of parchment upon which the words were pinned, I'm third. Everyone who entered the room wanted to know what it meant. The young man always replied, when we graduate, I'll tell you. Time passed, the young man kept his ideals high and his walk with God undeterred. Finally, he graduated and the crowd of inquirers gathered to hear about this strange inscription which hung over the door. He told them, when I was leaving for college, my parents wanted me to do well in school, but there were some things they didn't want me to sacrifice. They wanted me to remember to keep God first in my life, others second, and myself third. There was silence among the hearers, those that had went to school with him. They now knew why this man had been chosen to be president of the class, president of the YMCA, and voted the most popular person in school. For if anyone ever needed anything, he was always there. This man found the secret of a successful life, please hear me, in two words. I'm third. On the day that Captain Johnny Ferrier died, his widow was given his personal effects that he had carefully stowed in a locker prior to his final flight. Numb with grief, she rummaged through his belongings until she came to his wallet. As she opened it, a tiny slip of paper fell out. She opened the folded paper and read the words printed within. There, she found her questions answered. There she found the reason why her beloved Johnny did what he did. There she found the quiet, undermining display of courage. There she found Johnny's secret to life. Printed on the yellow piece of paper was the reason why Johnny refused to eject from the plane, but chose to crash his plane into a field and avoid the crowds. With tears falling, she read the words, God first, others second, and myself third. Somewhere Johnny had learned the secret to a successful life. <laughs> I couldn't have planned this no better. You had no idea I was going to preach this. My wife had no idea. I was, nobody ever. I never tell anybody what I'm going to preach because I don't know until I get there. But you didn't know I prepared this last night. But I just, I want to just show you. It says, if you don't have anyone over praying and fasting for this campus, Sister Vera said she would love to. A tiny piece of paper that can explain the secret to a successful life. All this world does is, my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. How much can I gain? How much can I get? Where's my next toy? When am I going to afford this? When am I going to have what they have? Come on down and let me do what I want to do. And it keeps reaching, trying to fill some void that it'll never fill. <laughs> but a slip of paper saves my life. 
Because, Sister Vera, this means more to me. Just on a piece of paper. Just somebody said, hey, I'll put myself third. Pastor, while you're gone, I'll be faithful to church and make sure Calvary's on board. And then I'm going to spend some time praying and make sure others do also. Because God's first. Others are second. And I'm third. I'm trying to raise daughters that learn the secret to a successful life early. Because I want them to understand God is first. Others are second. You can tell because even when we do something, if we're not really have a concept of being third, we'll say things like, well, I had to be here. No, I'm third. I can't believe we got to do this. I don't have to. I'm just third. The people that I see are the happiest are those that put God first, uh, others second, uh, and themselves third. Uh, they realize that life's more than about what they want. Uh, and if we're going to grow a successful church, uh, we're going to have to realize uh, this is not about me. Uh, this is not about my microphone appearance. Uh, this is not about my solo. Uh, this is not about just what I can do. Uh, this is about what I can do for others. You want to reach this city? Then let's get off of ourselves. You want to change this world? Let's get off of ourselves. Quit worrying. God will take care of you. He says, I don't have a place to lay my head, but I know every feather that a bird will drop. Not one feather falls that God doesn't know about. Not one hair of your head that God doesn't have numbered. Or are we going to get the place that we say, wait a minute. It's about God first. It's about others second to change this world I challenge you matter of fact where's Kenzie there you go Sister Kenzie I want you to make me a shirt before I get back and I want to say Calvary Tabernacle and on the back I want to say I'm third does that make sense it ain't real hard but you, you got it because I want this whole community to know God's first that way when they ask you what does I'm third mean it means God's first in other words, I want to serve you, but I'm going to serve him first. But once I've served him, and if I can keep serving him and still serve you, then I'll serve you. But Sydney, I'm third. I'm third. What would happen if we as a launch team, as a church, got a hold of a mindset? I'll never forget this piece of paper. Just... I couldn't have planned it no better. But I don't mean to put you on a pedestal. I'm just saying thank you. See, because you don't know when you get out of yourself. See, she could have said, well, somebody else will do it. But see, somebody's got to take that step that says, I'll be third. Think about it. All you young people, listen. Nobody wants to be picked last. If we're out there picking volleyball teams and you don't get picked in the first ten, you're like, I'm going to be last. Nobody ever says, I'll be third. See, in this scenario, third is last. You don't ever get on a basketball team and say, hey, just pick me last. I'll get on whatever team is left. Everybody wants to be first. But what if we got a mindset that said, God's first, others second, and with a Calvert, I'm third. 
you're fighting right now, and I'm not trying to pick on you about the Holy Ghost. I just sense this. Because everything in your world is saying, come on down. Don't be crazy. Who cares about them people? You're, are you goofy? You're going to give all this up to go to some country that, and lose everything you got? Are you lost your mind? And you got to remind, I'm third. This ain't about my kingdom. This ain't about me. This ain't about what I'm trying to do. God's first. Other second. I'm third. I may keep this piece of paper just to remind me there was a day that somebody didn't mind being third. They knew it was work, but they said, I'll be third anyway. They knew it was going to be a harder road than other people took, but they said, I'll be third anyways. They knew it wasn't going to be easy, but they said, hey, I'll be third. Keep God first. Other second. See, this life of success in His kingdom is a life of selflessness and not selfishness. And I'm going to ask us a real question today because feel the Holy Ghost working my motor over. But if we got into a place that we're more worried about our kingdom than God's, have we gotten to a place that we're more concerned about our needs than other needs? Not being ugly to you, but when are we going to get to the place all I hear in counseling today is I this and I that and I this and I need this and I gotta have this. I mean, when you think about it, is there somebody here that would check on Sister Sandy for me while I'm gone? Because she's on my mind every day of my life. God's gotta do a work. But somebody's got to be third to push everything else aside and say, I'll go. Is there somebody here that will say, you know what? I've been too selfish in my life. It's time for me to be third. I've been fighting for what I want. And hey, the world encourages you. Hey, you can do better than that. Come on down and we'll believe you. Come on down and we'll Bubba, you're about to go to college. What if you took a piece of paper, Mom, and put it in his dorm or put it in his car maybe and said, don't forget, Kobe, you're third. This ain't about you just building your kingdom. I've seen people that become millionaires that jump out of windows because they're unhappy. This ain't about just making money. It's about putting God first, others second. third. So I'm staying today. I'm done. I've got to stop. I know. But I wonder if I could open the altars just for anybody that would say, Jesus, help me to get my eyes off of myself. Help me to get my eyes off of my kingdom so that I can focus on yours. I wonder as they begin to sing, would there be somebody brave enough to step out?
you say, I've got to get my priorities right. God's first. Thank you, Brother Matthew. God's first. Others are second. I'm third. God, don't let me forget that. I wonder, would you come? Would you make your mind up? I'm not going to be ashamed to put God first. I'm not going to be so self-centered that I can't put others second. I'm not going to be so caught up in my life that I can't serve the kingdom of God and I can't serve others and I allow myself to be third. There's a place, streams of Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode today. If you did, go ahead and click subscribe for future episodes. There is more to come. You don't want to miss it. Like us on Facebook. Go to ctministries.org for more information about our churches. I'm Andrew Emerson. I will see you next time.